0: Thank you for choosing the podcast of East Haven Baptist Church in Brookhaven, Mississippi. For more information on the ministries of East Haven and to access videos and sermon notes from our services, visit www.easthaven.net. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to open to Psalm 90. We're going to be there for a few minutes today. And one of the things that I have heard... Over the last few months, and not only has it been through 2020, it's gone over into 2021, and I keep hearing this this theme from people, and it's this: I feel like all this time has been wasted. That's a, that's something that I'm hearing a lot of. A lot of people say I feel like 2020 was wasted. I feel like the beginning of 2021. Uh, has been wasted and whether that's pandemic or whether that's cultural and political upheaval whether that's our our recent weather uh, phenomenon that has taken place and for those of you uh, who um, went somewhere else or or went to a neighbor's house or went to a family member's house and you said I've got to get cleaned up just to get here today. Uh, thank you for doing that and so um, and thank you for showing up. But I know it's, it's just been a very difficult time for all of us and there have been a lot of people that I've heard from who have said uh, I didn't get the graduation that I expected. That was wasted. I didn't even get the wedding that I expected. I expected a really big wedding and I ended up with just a handful of people. It wasn't what I expected, or this particular event, or that particular vacation, or this particular trip, and and all of this was just wasted. Well, I just want to tell you it's not wasted. It hasn't been wasted uh, no more than any other time that we've been given. And I realize you say, yeah, but I can't get that back. Well, can I tell you, we can't get any day back after it's gone. It, It may have just highlighted The the brevity of life or the passing nature of life, but we can't get any time back. We can't make more time ourselves. We've all been given a certain amount of time. And so today, what I would like for us to look at is the idea of every moment counts. And I want us just to look at this, this isn't part of a series, and I realized just a few months ago we did a series called Short Timer, where we talked about the brevity of life, but today I want us to look at this idea of how every moment counts. I want us to look at one verse, and that's in Psalm 90, verse 12. Psalmist writes, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Pray with me. Lord God, we come before you, and God, we're thankful uh, for the time that you've given us. We're thankful for this time this morning. And we ask now that you just might speak to us from your word. We ask that you might give us great encouragement. We ask that you might give us direction. We ask, God, that you might realign our understanding and our perspective with your word so that we will have the correct view of the time that you have given to us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, In verse 12 of Psalm 90, there are a few things here that we find about the importance of time. And the first one is this. If we're going to make the most of time, we must learn transformational truth. And what do I mean by that? Well, let's look back at the verse. So teach us to number our days. Teach us. Teach us something that we do not already know. Remind us of something that maybe we have forgotten. Teach us to number our days. This is a learned process. Now, when we start thinking about learning, a lot of times we immediately think about school, and we think about classroom, and we'll say something along these lines. Well, I just really don't like learning. I've heard people tell me that. I don't like learning. I don't like studying. I don't like learning things like that. Yet at the same time, this, these are the same people that then I hear them in conversations talk about the latest sports strategy. Well, you know, if, if this quarterback had just done this and this, or they, the latest hunting or fishing strategy... You know I got this, and i 'm thinking about where that buck is going to be, and i 've been tracking them on tra- on trail cams, and I know exactly this, and I know their movement and I know this, or business dealings you know there's this new law and this new law is going to affect my business in this way and, and there's uh, everybody's telling me all these things they're they 're learning, and so many times when you talk about god 's word there 's this the shrugging off of god's word of well but we really uh, that's different no it's not different it still requires effort it still requires time and so we have to we have to learn these things and we need to learn transformational truth it needs to not just be an information dump it doesn't just need to be the information dump truck backs up and then just dumps the whole load of information, and we say, oh great, now we know a lot of things. That's not the purpose of Bible study. The purpose is to be transformed. So teach us. God, teach us to number our days. Teach us. Help us to learn this truth that will transform the way that we live. Listen to what Jesus says. Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls Jesus is saying by contrast to a lot of the old testament law and a, a lot of the the structures and strictures that you find that a lot of the Jewish leaders were putting on people, a lot of the, the holy hoops they were having to jump through. Jesus says, take my yoke, take the yoke, that would be the, the, the wooden collar they would put around uh, oxen, enabling them to, to pull a plow or pull a farm implement. He's saying, take my yoke upon me, and he says, and or uh, upon you, and learn from me. Learn from me. Let me teach you this truth so that you may make the most effective use of your time here on earth in a way that brings my father honor and glory and you're not cumbered by all of these other things you learn these things it's a process and then the bottom line is none of us know it all yet many years ago i had a gentleman come to me and he said you talk about this whole process of sanctification i said yes he said i'm already there I said, what do you mean? He said, I have already been perfected. I am there. God's not working on me anymore because I have arrived. And I said, you mean to tell me the apostle Paul says that he's not yet obtained, but he presses forward. You mean to tell me you've reached it? He said, yes, absolutely. I said, brother, you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself because this is is not biblical. You are not there yet. And he said, yeah, I am. And I said, the fact that you think you are is clear evidence you're, you're not, right? We're all in a process. We're all in a process of learning. None of us are there yet. We haven't learned everything. We haven't reached that place, but we can learn transformational truth. Truth that changes the, not just how we do things, not just how we think about things, but truth that actually changes us. it it, truth that transforms us into people that we were not before the truth came into our lives that's what god's word does and that's what happens whenever we get into god's word and if we make the most use of make the best use of time make the most of our time recognizing that every moment counts every moment matters we will also understand that we have to rely upon god's truth god to teach us these things and sometimes that comes through pain Psalm 119, verse 71, it is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. Wait a minute. It was good for me that I was afflicted so that I might learn your statutes. That I might learn your, your way, Lord. That I might learn your truth. That I might learn your, the things in God's word that I can cling to and I can depend upon that are foundational. You mean to tell me it was good that I was afflicted because it drove me into the word of God? Absolutely. Listen, 2020 was good. It was good in as much as it drove you nearer to a walk with Christ. And some of you have that testimony. Some of you have told me how close you've gotten to God through 2020. And that, co- that conflict and that difficulty and that pain and that, that discomfort drove you deeper into a walk with Christ. It was good that you were afflicted so that you might learn the statutes of God, the truth of God, the things you could depend upon. There was, there's a blessing in the lesson There's there's truly a blessing in that lesson. And so we we look for those blessings. You find in Proverbs 23, 23. Buy truth and do not sell it. Buy wisdom, instruction, and understanding. Buy truth. What does that mean? That's odd. Buy truth. Yeah, do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes to get to truth. It's worth everything anything to get to truth that's what truly matters and i'm not talking about as the world views truth i'm not talking about as a political party views truth i'm not talking about as culture views truth i'm talking about as god's word says this is true we should do anything that we need to in order to cling to the truth of the word of god so teach us teach us may we learn That transformational truth, teach us what? Teach us to number our days. So to make the most of time, we learn transformational truth. We also sharpen our perspective. Teach us to number our days. There's a perspective shift there. When you start numbering your days, you start recognizing how short life truly is. Life is short. Someone once asked Billy Graham, what has surprised you the most about life? His response was the brevity of it. How fast it passes. I was talking to my friends the other day. I said, you know, the interesting thing is, whenever somebody says 20 years ago, do you know where my mind goes? 1980. <laughs> Some of you have maybe a different date. But when somebody says 20 years ago, I'm like, hey, 20 years ago, 1980. No, no, 20 years ago was 2001 wait a minute, what? Where did those other 20 years go? That was 40 years ago. and Some of you may do the same thing. You know, you would say, well, I remember when, and then you start figuring out when that, when was that you remember. And you realize that was a while ago, right? That was a long while back. That was, that was, you know, in, in a lot of terms, you know, I've, I've talked to uh, the children I used to teach up at, uh, in Knoxville uh we had a they had a little thing they would say they would all sing it together they would all kind of chant it together when i would say when i was a kid and they would all say in unison when the world was in black and white and um it wasn't quite that long ago but my point being we have to have a perspective shift teach us to number our days So if we're going to have the right view of time and we're going to have the right view of the calendar, we're going to have the right view of our own lives. Then we need to understand that God sees that in a different way than we do. A couple of well-known verses, second Peter chapter three, verse eight, but do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Now that's not a hard and fast mathematical rule. Right. I've I've seen a lot of people who want to do the end time prophecy thing and they go, well, this says this many days. So if a a day is like a thousand years, then we can we can multiply that times a thousand and we'll get the right number. No, Peter. Peter is saying that God does not reckon time as we do. He's not giving a definitive one to one mathematical ratio. He's saying that a day for us, for God, that's that's a different thing. And also, a great span of time for God, who is eternal, seems like nothing. A passing moment. But we need to sharpen our perspective. Isaiah 55, verse 8. For my thoughts, says God, are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. This is important. If we're going to number our days... And if we're going to have the right perspective, then we need to have God's perspective on our time and not other people's perspective on our time. Which means this. Let me say something that's going to free some of you. Okay, you ready for this? Some of you say, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for some freedom. Okay, here it is. God's perspective overrules anybody else's perspective. Which means if God says this is important and someone else says, no, 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 this is important. God's perspective wins every time. So you find out what God is saying is important and you go to that. Some of you know this. You have jobs where you understand there is no way. I don't mean it's, I don't mean that it's unlikely. I mean, there is no way that you are going to be able to please everybody. And some of us uh, from time to time have maybe tried. You cannot please everybody because one person is going to tell you this. Another person is going to tell you that. This person is going to say, do this, do this this fast. Someone's going to say, no, you need to do this, this slow. Someone's going to say, you need to pay attention to this. Someone else is going to say, you need to pay attention to that. Someone says, no, you need to pay attention to me. And someone else says, no, I'm the one that you need to pay most attention to. But whenever you're depending upon what God says, you understand a lot of that doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. I mean, I've talked to friends who are in ministry, and we talk about this. There's no way that you're going to please everybody. There's always going to be somebody who's unhappy. And then even if you could please everybody, you would be miserable. Yeah, that's just the bottom line. So you have to get an eternal perspective and sharpen your perspective and recognize that god has a purpose he has a reason that you are here in this place in this time and god wants you to accomplish something for his kingdom for his glory and it's not dependent upon what everybody else says and besides that god is the one who gives us our time god is the one who fashioned us god is our creator and god gives us the time that we have this is what we find in Psalm 139, verse 16. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. Now, just wait a minute before we go any further. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. What? Before, before you took on all the features when you were in your mother's womb, before you took, in all of, took on all of your features, and if, when you were just a, a a clump of cells yes human and yes alive at that moment not the moment of birth moment of conception you're a human and when you were that unformed substance God says yeah I I saw that I saw who you were even then when you were when you were, were just a few little cells you were still human I saw you then in your unformed substance before you took on the form, a physical form, a human, you were you. And so I saw you. And so your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. Whoa, well, wait. In your, in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. Before you were born be when you were unformed substance, still human, God says, I got your days numbered out. We all have numbered days. Uh, And I know some people say that brings me a great fear. It brings me great comfort. It brings me great comfort knowing that as long as I am following God's will and I am in the center of his will and I am seeking his will, then I'm going to be able to make the most use of the time that God has sent Put me here to accomplish until that day where God says, time's up. And when God says, time's up, that's it. That's it. That brings me great comfort. And I know some people say, but, 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 but what if God, what if God takes me before I get finished with everything? Wait a minute. What? If, if you're seeking God's will and doing God's will, then guess what? When, when the day's up, the day's up and that's okay. That's good. God's got all this planned out, and that's a great thing to bear in mind. So it's a shift in our perspective. And when we realize that life is so short, then we will spend it wisely. You've heard me say that before. When we recognize the value of something, we will spend it much more wisely. When you recognize the value of time and how valuable and precious it is and how it's a gift from God, you spend it much more wisely. Listen to Romans 13, 11. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. Isn't that great? Salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. You are closer if you're a child of God, if you're a follower of Christ, you are closer to that fulfillment of being in the presence of God forever today than you were yesterday. I had a student of mine, her name was Catherine, many years ago. We were talking one time about the second coming of Christ. And Catherine, I remember we were sitting in a classroom, and Catherine looked at me and she said, well, this scares me. I said, why does this scare you? She said, I don't want Jesus to come back yet. I said, why would you say that? She said, there are things I want to do. I want to see Europe. I want to get married. I want to have children. I want to do all these things. I don't want Jesus to come back before I, get an exper- before I get to experience all these things. I said, well, then what about after you experience those things? Well, I'm okay with it. That's fine. I said, well, Ka- uh, Catherine, I hate to break it to you, but he's, he's not going to stop and ask you your opinion on this. Right? He's not going to say, oh, okay, before we do this, let me go check with Catherine. Right? That's, not, that's, not the way, that's not the way God's sovereignty works. Sovereignty means he does whatever he wants And she said, yeah, but but doesn't that bother you? And I said, it would bother me, Catherine, if I thought that what could be experienced here was greater than what is waiting for me there. But biblically, I understand what is waiting for me there absolutely blows everything here out of the water. This is all just a shadow of the perfection that is awaiting on that side. And so if I thought here was better than there, yeah, I'd want to accomplish everything here that I could and experience everything here I could so that there I could always think back on here saying, well, I remember how great it was when I was on earth and everything. I got to experience all these things. Not to say they're bad things, just to say they're not perfect things. A shift in perspective helps us realize that this is not it this is not the end this world is passing away and we are to set our minds on the things of eternity and life is short james chapter four tells us this verse 14 yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring what is your life for you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes instead you ought to say if the lord wills we will live and do this or that James says, you don't know when your number is up. You don't know when it's your time. You don't know when you reach your expiration date, so to speak. You don't know that. He says, you're just like a mist. Some of you went out over the last few days. You went outside and you breathed out. And there was that, there was that vapor, that the water vapor. Is it, is it condensed when it came out of your mouth? That's the word that is used in James. It's a, a puff of that water vapor, a puff of smoke or a puff of water vapor. And then it dissipates. James says, that's what our lives are like. Our lives are passing. They're short. They're short-lived. They're ephemeral. And so we have to sharpen our perspective. Teach us to number our days so that what? Here's the last part. To make the most of time, we must internalize God's wisdom. Not just learn stuff, but internalize God's wisdom. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. You see there's there's a connection there when we learn when we when we you, when we learn that transformational truth and that truth sharpens our perspective and we're numbering our days and we're recognizing the brevity of life then we begin to gain a heart of wisdom the jewish word for wisdom sometimes it's translated as living with skill that's a good way to think about it, to live with skill. It's not just smarts, it's living with skill. It's applied truth, applied understanding. So whenever we recognize the brevity of life, then we begin to live with skill. But we don't just live with skill as a, a set of guidelines and check boxes. It's a heart of wisdom. You get what's going on? We internalize our heart. We internalize living with skill. It becomes the way we do life because we've learned the right perspective. Our perspective has been sharpened by the transformational truth of God's word and the realization and the recognition that life is short and that it is a gift from God. And so then we begin to live our lives with skill. We internalize that wisdom that comes from God. And this is what Paul writes in the book of Colossians, Colossians four five, walk in wisdom. Everything that you do uh, as you go about your course of life, walk in wisdom toward outsiders making the best use of time. So the way we live among people who are not followers of Christ, we are to live with wisdom. We're to live in a wise way that shows them A wisdom that is not a worldly wisdom, but a wisdom that is a supernatural wisdom that comes from the word of God and the spirit of God. So that as they see us exercising that wisdom, they recognize there is something different about the way that we approach life than they do. I've had those conversations over the years. People saying, I don't know, I don't know why you can be so content. Well, because I believe there's more to it than this. Well, I don't know how it is that you can have peace in the middle of this circumstance because I believe God's in control. Well, I don't know how it is that you can remain hopeful because I have the hope of Christ within me, and that's eternal. It's not based on circumstances. So we walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, making the best use of time. We spend our time wisely because we recognize our time is short. It's the same concept that Paul repeats in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 15. Look carefully, then, how you walk. Uh, that, that word carefully is the word from which we get our word acrobat, acrobos. Walking that tightrope, walking with skill. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. So now Paul here applies in a different way. He says, because the days are evil, because we live in an evil world, we live in an evil culture, we live in a, in a world that is running contrary to the will of, and the work of God, because of that, you make the most of your time. You buy back your time. You redeem the time, as some translations say. You redeem it. And because you redeem that time, you do so with wisdom. You do so by living skillfully. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. When we internalize God's wisdom, we make the best use of our time. Can I ask you, and and I'm asking you this because this has been, this is something that's been on my heart lately. Have you ever just gone through, now and being honest with yourself. I mean, being honest. I'm not talking about make a list. I'm not talking about share it with anybody else. But the other day I just, I went through And just started thinking about how many things I do that are time wasters. That are just wastes of time. And can I tell you, I came up with a few that I'm just looking at and thinking, why? I mean, just time wasters. If you sit down and really start thinking about things that just waste your time. Now I'm talking about legitimate things, right? I had a group of people one time and I asked them, I said, what's your number one time waster in this? One guy said, sleep. Like, what? Are you sleeping when you shouldn't? He goes, no, I get eight hours of sleep. I think I could probably get by with like three or four. I don't know why, I just have to, I said, okay, that's, that's, that's normal, right? That's a good thing to get eight hours of sleep, bro. All right, don't try to reduce it down. Nobody wants you out there just trying to live on three hours of sleep a night. All right, I'm talking about legitimate, legitimate time wasters, Whenever we start looking at those things, and then I look at how much time, and I'm, I'm not trying to guilt anybody. I'm saying this is how I walk through this. I started looking at how much time I spend on these different things that are true wastes of time compared to the time that I spend in God's word and in prayer. Now, I spend a lot of time with God's word and a lot of time with prayer. But I also recognize I spend all this time on nothing now i'm not talking about hobbies and i'm not talking about things that i enjoy i'm not talking about that i'm just talking about straight up waste time i don't mean think i don't mean contemplate i just mean waste time all right whenever you recognize the brevity of life you start spending it more wisely so let me let me tell you hey it might be time for you to go through sort of an inventory of your life and say, what are the things that I do that are just wastes of time? They just absolutely consume time and it's not redemptive. I don't enjoy it. It's not something I even have to do. It's just a waste of time. So we internalize God, God's wisdom and we make the best use of time. We have to live with wisdom. The number one thing, when any of, and some of you know this, the number one thing, if anybody says, how can I pray for you? There's one thing that I always say, and I've said this for the last, I guess, 20 years. I can remember. I've said the same thing and then I'll add other things. But the number one thing is like, pray that I'll have wisdom. Pray that I will have wisdom. Pray that God will give me wisdom. I want to live with skill. I want to lead with skill. I want to live with skill. I want, to, I want to approach God's word with skill. I want to communicate with skill. I want to do everything with skill. I want to do it in a way that brings the most glory and honor to God. But I, I don't want to do it depending on my wisdom. I want to depend upon God's wisdom. That's the number one thing I ask for. The number one thing. And, and that's what the Bible says. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives abundantly and without reproach. So I just, I just decided many years ago when I read that verse... I remember thinking, well, I'm just going to take God at his word. I'm just going to ask for wisdom. I ask, for, I ask God for wisdom every single day. Every single day. And and, and I believe that, that God grants that because God says so in his word. He gives liberally, liberally and without reproach. Maybe you just need to ask God, God, just give me wisdom today. Give me your wisdom today, God. Help me to see things in the way that you see it and respond in the way that you would have me to respond for your glory and your glory alone. Wisdom is super important. You find that just read through the book of Proverbs. It's called a wisdom book for a reason. Proverbs chapter 2 verse 1. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, If you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Wow. If you recognize that wisdom is far more valuable, living with skill by the power of God, for the glory of God, you realize that is more valuable than any earthly treasure. When you realize that is more important than anything else, and if you seek it like silver. And if you seek for it like hidden treasure. Notice what he says, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. The Bible tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So not only will you you understand the fear of the Lord that reverential awe of God, but you will have the knowledge of God. You will get this, get this. You will know intimately, personally God Himself. You will know God Himself. Can we just think on that for a moment? That the Creator of the universe, the one who said, Let there be, that God, you can know him personally. And he will speak to you from his word to you personally. That blows my mind. That is the truth from the word of God. You can know God how could i not want that if i am his child how could i say yeah big deal no yeah very big deal i can know god you can know the creator and enter into a relationship with him through christ and then he speaks through his word and then you can reflect his wisdom The way that God wants you to live your life, your limited amount of time that God has given you where he has numbered your days as a gift. He's given you the time as a gift and now giving it to you as a gift. You recognize it as a gift. You receive it as a gift. And then you can say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'll, I'll, I will rejoice and be glad in it because God made the day and God gave me the day to spend in a wise way for his glory. Now you may say, now wait a minute, are you just saying I need to spend all day just reading my Bible and praying? And I don't need to turn on Netflix? And I don't need to go do my hobbies? I don't need to go fishing or hunting? That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. Well, what I'm saying is, you can live your life with skill, making the best use of your time. Because every moment counts. Every moment matters. So when every moment matters... We will live like every moment matters when we recognize that every moment is a gift. And every moment is a gift from God. And if every moment is a gift from God, then every moment matters. Every moment counts. And if you're here today, you're watching, you're listening, and you don't have a relationship with Christ, can I just tell you right now, you're spending your days, your time, you're, you're spending it and, and accumulating things not for eternity with God. So, so you're, you're, you're not living wisely. You may be doing good things, but the good things that we do without Christ, they're not redemptive. They can never be redemptive. No matter how good they are from an earthly standpoint, no matter how good they may be for other people, they're not redemptive. So we have to redeem the time. The most important way that we redeem the time is that we come to Christ. We enter into a relationship with Christ, not because of something we did, but because of what he did on the cross, where he died in our place on the cross for our sins, taking the wrath of his Father upon himself so that we might know God through him. And if we come to him in faith and we confess our sins, and we turn from our sin and turn toward him, then we will have eternal life. We have eternity to look forward to. And that changes the way we live right now. Right here, right now, that changes things. So where are you in the midst of this? Do you need to receive Christ as Savior and begin redeeming the time in a way that that brings honor and glory to God? Or maybe you say, I'm already a follower of Christ and, and maybe you just need to, maybe you need to look at some things in your life and see Where do these things line up with the will of God for my life as he has laid out in his word? And what are some things that I need to say? I'm not going to spend time on those anymore. There needs to be an urgency. I don't mean panic. There's a difference. I don't mean a panic about the life with Christ. But there is an urgency with a life with Christ. Because we recognize we have a limited amount of time, each one of us, to accomplish what God has has set forth for us to accomplish. And with that in mind, we want to receive that truth from him and be changed, have a godly perspective, and that godly perspective leads us to live lives of wisdom, skillful living, so that we might bring the most glory and honor and praise to God. So my prayer for all of us, and as I've been praying over this this week, My prayer for each person who hears this today or in the days to come. I have been praying, God, help us to number our days. Help us to learn to number our days. Help us to recognize what truly matters to eternity and what really and truly does not matter. Not just for eternity, but it won't even matter next week. Listen, we get all stirred up over some things that tomorrow... Will not matter. I don't mean next week. I don't even mean next. I mean tomorrow won't matter. Won't matter. Won't matter. I want to live in such a way where my mind is focused on the things of eternity. I want to live in such a way where I'm redeeming the time. I want to live in such a way that I am, I am counting my days, so to speak. I'm numbering my days so I may gain a heart of wisdom. And I'm praying the same for all of us. Let's pray. Lord God. We come before you recognizing that we don't have a clear, correct view of eternity. Not, not, not anywhere, not anywhere even close to how you understand eternity. We get glimpses, we read your word, and we understand uh, the concept of We can't get our mind around that because we're created beings. But Father, we recognize that for each one of us, there will come a day where we reach the end of our race. We reach the end of our individual lives. We don't know when that is. We can't say. Only you know. But Father, I pray that if there's anybody here who's been wasting the gift of time that you've given them. Father, I pray that today would be the day they would say, no more. God, I want to live with wisdom. I want to live with skill. And God, whatever it is that you need to do in me to line me up with your truth, I pray you'd do it. Father, there may be people here right now who are wrestling with a call that you've placed on their lives. They don't know what's next. They just know that you're stirring and that you're doing something in them and you're orchestrating events around them and they don't know where that's leading but father they recognize you're doing something and and father they just need direction and they need to recognize that just because they're waiting on something that doesn't mean that today matters any less because they're waiting on something that's coming tomorrow Father, I pray that each one of us would be found to to be people who go to your truth and allow it to transform us and then we, we gain an appropriate perspective and then in doing so we live with a heart of wisdom that comes from you. Father, we don't want to rush our time with you. We don't want to Uh, just demand you get on with things father we want to be on your timetable and so many times we get in a hurry and and you're not and so father i ask now that that you just might give each one of us a deeper understanding of time and A deeper understanding of how precious it is. A deeper understanding of the gift that you've given us today. Today. And that we would make the most of that by your spirit, by your power, for your glory. And we ask this in Jesus' name.